great day to be an eagle. Mercy! Back before the 2021 season, Cody, uh, Georgia Southern Athletic Director Jared Banco um, made a statement. I believe it was in a press conference. It was quoted by a bunch of uh, publications that covered the school that seven and five records and eight and four records in the regular season was not the standard at, at Georgia Southern um, for uh, for football performance um, and that it. Uh, you know, we, we held ourselves to a higher standard and, um, you know, we were in the business of winning, uh, conference championships and that's what we wanted to get back to. Now, of course, four games, uh, into that 2021 season, Chad Lunsford was let go. Uh, Clay Helton comes in. Um, we are now at the end of year two, um, for the regular season anyway, of, uh, of the Clay Helton era. And we find ourselves, uh, one game below 500, um, uh, right. And in, total wins and losses, um, and, uh, back to back 500, uh, win seasons at, at six and six. And, um, obviously not just, how we got there and that, you know, we once again fell short of, um, of winning the East division and, and really contending late in November, um, for a Sunbelt championship. Um, it's, it's, it's really that second half of the season. Once again, we are, uh, one in seven on, in the Clay Helton era, uh, Cody and, and Owen four, um, this year in the month of November. And that is just unacceptable. You're right. That is unacceptable. Uh, if you want to win championships, you have to win in November. There's no other way around it. Um, you look back at our great teams, and they win in November. They won in December uh, to go on to win the FCS championships or one AA championships at the time. And all of our great coaches that have come through here knew how to win at the end of the season. Uh, yeah, this is something that we said at the beginning of November after the Georgia State victory that the games in November will be a, a big talking point at the end of the season and how they finish will determine if the fans are happy or if the fans are really mad. And as we said, if we had gone 0-4, that there would be a lot of upheaval and a lot of mad fans and people wanting to overturn and throw chairs and a whole nine yards. And there's a lot of upheaval, Cody. <laughs> there's a lot of upheaval. Um a lot of folks who want change to see change and a lot of folks who want to see heads roll and a lot of folks who are just plain mad because we let an opportunity like this slip away. Some I told you so's. Some, some I told you so's. There are some folks who are no longer holding their tongue. Yes. <laughs> also the I told you so's. <laughs> Those who I had in mind. We'll, we'll get to that we will. here in a little bit. Yeah. Um, glad to see Captain Clack back on Twitter. Um, but it is, no, it, it's very frustrating as a fan. It's not easy to have a bad, um, November as we did to be capped off by absolutely getting demolished, um, by app state. So no, it's, it's a lot of hard feelings. It's a lot of angry feelings. And again, uh, you don't get this 
unless you have a very passionate fan base that expect high results. So we're not getting those. Yep. You know, what changes are to be made, what changes will be made, who knows? We don't know. Um, but it's very interesting that the last 48 hours, you really heard nothing come out of the Georgia Southern football. Radio silence. Radio, Radio silence. silence. Absolutely yeah. nothing. Nothing. Not even, not even a, you know, blanket PR yeah, um, run-of-the-mill statement of we support our coach, we support his staff, we support players, all, all this, and, you know, just – um, yeah, like Google, what does athletic directors say when they aren't firing anybody? Yeah. Boom, copy paste, like not even that. Um, and yeah, that might be worse <laughs> than doing than doing just the um yeah, the 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 PC run of the mill response. But um but yeah, this is where we find ourselves and we've kind of passed we're recording this Monday night, we'll get it out, you know, sometime uh this week, obviously, uh, you know, ahead of um, bowl announcements and championship weekend. Um uh, we will have another episode um following that, uh where we uh discuss um the the bowl that we get selected and, and our opponent in that and our chances to either finish the season one game above 500 um, and improving the win total from last year or finishing one game below 500 and matching um, the, the six and seven record of last year. So that will come um, afterwards. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, um, I, you know, I think as far as changes and things like that, we're probably not going to hear anything for, for a while, maybe after right. the bowl game. Um, but, uh, but yeah, we, we've got what we've got. Yeah, we have what we have. Um, I don't know, and, and this may make a lot of folks mad, I don't know if there's going to be a lot of changes that people may hope for. Um, I think, and again, it, this is not a bad thing for them to maybe take their time, take two or three days to evaluate, look at what they did, look at where the issues are, and really just make sure they not just self-evaluate map, but correctly self-evaluate where the issues are inside the football program and to make sure that. They yeah, I think I think people right. hoped I think people hope that that has been happening this whole time, though. Well, right, it like be, it, it didn't take zero and four in November. It took zero and yeah. two or zero and three or, or you know, again we experienced the same thing last year. So like, uh, you look at Marshall. Marshall, uh, you know, beat um, who was it, Arkansas State, yes, um, who just hung seventy points um, up uh, the week before, um, and they get shut out right uh, against Marshall, I believe, um, and who has struggled to really score all season except for really for us. Um, um, and 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 then this last game, they get to six wins. Next day, less than twenty four hours later, they they uh, announce that a, a bunch of their staff is gone, including offensive coordinator. So, um, you know, I think that pressed the issue. Um, you know, for for us seeing you know an opponent that just beat us a couple of weeks ago, a Marshall, an opponent that's also six and six, um, that uh, you know struggled in the second half of the season, also you know uh, started the season really strong like we did, um, and and yeah, and then just the wheels fell off. Um, they made changes and they made ch- changes quickly after a win, after a shutout victory, um, and, it wasn't and, a shutout. and secure. Oh, it wasn't a shutout. No, it was thirty-five okay. twenty-one. But they twenty-one. Okay, it was won. maybe. It was 35 they were they were beating them like 24 to nothing or something yeah they were beating them 28 to nothing at one point got it okay that's what it was um well still secure a bowl um you know put up pretty good offensive numbers um and they already had that 
uh, card in hand, right? Like they had already made that decision that though that they were moving on from certain coaches uh, yeah. prior to that game. I think that's pretty clear. We, I don't think, had that. Um, whether or not Jared Banco asked for it or was expecting it, who knows? Um, but I don't think Clay Helton had any plans to um, make any staff changes following this app game, no matter the result. I would agree with that um, because they haven't happened yet. Um, and again, they may be still going through an evaluation process to see, you know, where their faults lie and, and how this November occurred the way that it did. Um, when do they truly believe that it's a, a coaching issue um, or if there were certain stuff happening that we don't know about? Right. Um, but again, I think what frustrates fans, uh, and again, this is a fan podcast, is just it, it seems like the lack of action means that there is a lack of addressing the issues that we clearly all see was happening in November. And that's very frustrating to see. And that's where I would hope that somewhere Coach Helton or the uh, coordinators or somebody would come out and say, hey, look, yeah, we understand. This is obviously, if you're frustrated, we're frustrated by yeah. this. But these are the steps, and this is where we find, or this is where we feel like the issues were. These are the steps to resolve it, and this is how we're going to get better. Um, but again, would the silence creates the fans to to go after their own conclusions? You speculate, and you speculate, right. form and your own conclusions. Yeah. yeah, and you get the Facebook comments, and you get the Twitter comments, and you get everything just it snowballs. Everything yeah. snowballs. Yeah, because yeah, so. you're 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 wanting to hear something. That exactly. like we address that there's a problem, right? It's like yeah, it's like going to AA or having like an intervention. Like you have to admit that there's a problem, yeah. right? And we 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 need to see that. We need to have have that come to Jesus moment where Helton, as the man accountable as the head coach of this program, come and not make excuses and not have post game, um, you know, interviews with with Big Frank saying like, oh, well, it's just a bunch of mistakes and oh, it's special teams and. We can't turn the ball over and like accept accountability. Say like zero and four is not acceptable. Um, you know, I know it's not acceptable. My my staff knows it's not acceptable. My players know it's not acceptable. And you know, we won't stand for it. We're going to make changes. Maybe we don't even know what those changes are just yet, or maybe we can't publicly announce those changes yet. But we are going to address it. We know there's a problem. We know there's an issue and we're going to do everything in our power to fix it. That's what people want to hear. And I think that is a fair, um, that's a fair thing. That's a fair expectation. Um, just address like call a spade a spade, address the elephant in the room, say, you know, there has been a problem. We are awful on the road. We struggled to close seasons out. Um, we're one in seven in November. That's not acceptable. We're going to, do everything we can to to ride this ship. That's that's what people yeah. want to hear. We haven't heard it. No, we haven't. And um, we, you're right. We just haven't heard it. And and it'll be interesting to see when they do have these next few press conferences is if that gets addressed and and how does it get addressed. Um. So no, it's there's a lot that I think we the fans are waiting on to hear from the coaching staff and how to move forward with this uh, with our football team. So that's Cody and Matt. Welcome to Gotta Talk. We're 11 minutes in now. Um, but uh, 
But yeah, fourth, four straight one of these, Cody. Um, obviously, this is our end of the season uh, episode, regular season episode. Um, again, we will have another one uh, after the bowl announcement that will be focused on that and that matchup um, and the the bowl destination and, and all things like that. Um, this episode really is kind of evergreen, really can kind of carry you even uh, even if that um, if you're listening to this after that bowl announcement, because we're we're just gonna retroactively look at um, the the season, kind of where things went wrong, um, you know, look at our wins, look at our losses, um, maybe do some speculation of like where do we go from here. Obviously, there's some. Uh, changes that we know will happen next year, right? We will have a different starting quarterback. We know that much. Um, so, you know, where, where do we go from uh, uh, on that front? Um, so yeah, that's, that's what this episode will be, um, focused around, but as always, we want to thank our sponsor can cut, uh, tools, um, you know, just, uh, celebrate a small business Saturday after the Thanksgiving holidays. Hopefully, um, people went and supported, um, that small business premium drill bits and cutting tools. I'm Andy Thompson, owner, alumni, um, Georgia small business. So, uh, definitely go give them a look if you are, um, in, um, if, if, yeah, if you're in the market for, uh, drill bits and cutting tools, if you know someone who is in one of those related industries, that would be, um, please spread the word, uh, pass it around and you can go check them out at cancut.com. That's K N K U T.com. So, um, yeah, Cody, where should we start? Um, I don't think we need to recap like the App State game that much. Um, <laughs> I don't think we need to like, I don't think people want to relive it. Um, no, 55 no. to 27. It's, it's um, very easy what happened with the App State game. Turnovers, we couldn't stop yeah. the run. And when you can't do those two things, it you're going to get blown out the way that you did. So uh, had a great start. 14-3, looked like we were rolling. I think that's what um, makes it so frustrating, too, right? It is, right? Like, yeah. It looked like we had the game in hand. Um, and then you had a couple of key plays that really changed the game. First one was the drop pass on the third and eight, third and ten, something like that, that would have kept the drive My going. Mind. Um, and, you know, if honestly, if, if that pass is caught, we probably score. I mean, if, I mean, if we're up 21-3, Matt, that, that is a – that is a – this game is different. Um, I agree. Did. And to Davis Brin's credit, I know, like, he again, turnover prone. And, yes, there were some really, really bad ones. And yeah. quadruple, quintuple, Can't get on quintuple to that coverage. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that, that, was a, that was a good play. Uh, stepped up in the pocket, avoided pressure, um, hit, a, hit, hit Burgess right in the hands. He just yeah. dropped it. Um, then after that, we, what, we punted it away. Uh, they scored. We get the ball. At least we think we're going to get the ball. And instead of just taking the fair catch <laughs> and and the start of the offense, uh, we decide we're going to give the ball right back to them. And yep. uh, they score on the next play. They go up. Now this goes from being 14-3 to to being 17-14, just like that. And we're, I mean, I don't know how you felt, but I was like, what the hell did I just watch? <laughs> and what did I just... Yeah, the, I mean, witness. the the we, the wheels started to fall off, yeah. um, and you started to get really nervous that they could turn into this type of game, which it did, of course. 
Um, but you, we're still holding on to hope. Maybe we can, we can mount something. Um, we go down, get the field goal, we tie it. Um, but, uh, yeah. And, but but then they they get the touchdown right back. Then we throw an interception. Then they get, uh, a field goal, um, to close out the half, um, go up 27 to 10 or 27 to 17. You think it's manageable, right? It's 10 points. Again, Huge uh, shift, 14, uh, outscoring 14 to three in the first quarter. Um, and then they outscore us 24 to three in the second, um, but only down 10 at half. Uh, they do get the ball back. You know, like, look, we need um, to uh, find a way to um, stop Some them stop. or get a turnover. They march right down the field, uh, four plays, 63 yards, some big plays in there throw an interception they throw an interception on the two-yard line um uh you know you you think that okay this is our chance go down at least get a field goal make it a touchdown game boom first play interception and that was it i mean i I think a lot of fans turn turn the game off at that point um but i think at that point yeah you knew um regardless of what happened, I mean, obviously, yeah, they were set up on what, like the two, three yard line. Um, they yeah. were going to get, they were going to get a touchdown on that at the very least, get a, get a field goal and go up 13. But, uh, but yeah, you knew it was pretty much over at that yeah. point. It was done at that point, four turnovers, 20 points off those turnovers. Um, not ideal the score was 55 to 27 and just an, just a bad day at the ten, office. 10, 10, 10 points in the second half for Georgia Southern. Uh, outscored 20, yeah, 28 to 10 in the second half, um, 14 to nothing in the third quarter. I think that was the second or third uh, time, possibly in a row, Cody, that that's been the case. So we just come out of the third quarter and just laid an egg. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, you know, uh, seven of those 10 points that we scored in the fourth quarter was on the kickoff return by, by, uh, um, Buchanan, correct? So, um, which was a great, I mean, yeah, credit to that kid. Um, you know, excited for his future. That was a great return. Yeah, it was a great play. But, uh, but yeah, three offensive points, Cody, in the second half. Three offensive points. It isn't going to get it done. No, it's not. It's not going to get it done. Um, one of the frustrating things for me, Matt, and not to toot our own horn here, but we talked in the previous episode about what we would like the offense to get back to doing, and that if we thought that if they did these few things, that it would garner success for our offense and that was used more of the bubble screens the quick passes and utilizing our tight ends to the mismatches that they should create on the field and lord and behold they did that in the first quarter and not to toot our own horns but we did score two touchdowns and we were up 14 to three at one point (laughs) it's again it's putting your players in the best possible positions to win right playing off their strengths davis brand cannot throw the ball down the field. He cannot stretch the field on long passes. Um, he makes, you know, he stares down his receivers, Can't and that's when those interceptions come. Defense. He cannot read defenses. You set him up with high percentage throws. You're throwing to this guy, you know, hood out on the flat, boom, quick turn, quick release, get it to him, let hood make a play. That, you know, th- that should be the offense, period. Um, that's what we can do and what we can do well. Um, and you also that, saw yeah. too where he missed a few times, you know, to the, to the running back in the flat and that, you know, when there's nobody open just to quickly get it out to him. I think even Hunter Mason um, on the broadcast pointed that yes. out a couple of times that look, you know, he, this, 
he this was missed. Overthrow so, him or throw yeah. it in the dirt because he doesn't want to throw interception. Yeah, yeah. the the, the checkdowns like dump off plays that you see so many other teams do effectively. We just can't yeah, do that. There. First option is not there. We are either getting sacked, throwing the ball away or throwing into quintuple coverage, yeah. um, which I didn't even know was a thing uh, really until, until I saw it with my own two eyes. But apparently you can throw the ball with five defenders yeah. <laughs> around one receiver. Um, you would think if that was the case, somebody else somewhere should be wide you'd open. You think? Last time, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe it's like hockey and there's some, you know, weird NCAA this, rule the referees that I were very uh, lenient to app. So they, they were lenient. playing with 12 or 13 guys on the they field. They could have. probably wouldn't have gotten Power play. <laughs> yeah, there yeah. you go. Um, <laughs> so, I think it was obvious yeah. that the Sun Belt wanted app in over Coastal. <laughs> In the championship game, just gonna say that. Yeah, um, well, I mean, it it'll be a better product, right? Yeah. It'll be a better showcase for the conference on national TV. Um, but and, no credit to App. Um, credit to App. Not not gonna say that the refs obviously gave them the game. Um, obviously we did that for us. <laughs> Look, it's <laughs> we, we did that it, Cody. Own. It's frustrating because they're they're our hated rival. They are. It's not that we lost. It's how we lost. Um, we got embarrassed. We got embarrassed on national TV against them. Um, they'll have 12 months to hang that over our heads. Um, they'll have, you know, even more ammunition if they go on and beat, beat Troy and, and win the whole thing. Um, of course, they've already got the, you know, notch in their belt from uh, knocking off JMU off their high horse. Um, but I think the thing for our fans that make it even a tougher pill to swallow is it's a tale of two teams here. Right. Like there's so many similarities between us and app and we don't have to go into that. I think people know. And that's why we're such great rivals, because we have so many similarities um, with our history, with our fan base, with our student population, like all the things. Um, they have a coach that has Lunsford ties. They have like half of Lunsford's d- defensive staff, including the defensive coordinator, including one of our former players and former coaches and Vic Cabral. Um, and you know, they started the season really poorly and, you know, we called it from the start and we thought that could happen. And we thought Clark could be fired, you know, midway through the season, um, if not earlier. And it was looking like that for a while. And there was a lot of torches and pitchforks out there um, wanting that to happen. Now they find themselves, you know, Kings of the East and, and yeah, maybe with an asterisk with the JMU situation, but at least they can say they beat them. Um, and, you know, we'll see what happens on, on championship Saturday um, in, in Troy, Alabama. But I think that's why our fans are even more pissed because it's, uh, it's a, it's a tale of, of two teams and a tale of two second halves of the season. Right. And you yeah. saw us start six and two and collapse and then start whatever it was and, and finish, finish strong with uh one, two, three, four, five straight wins. Yeah. They, right. They, they started three and four. Now they, they are eight and four. We started six and two and now we're six and six. There you go. Um, an interesting thing throughout the broadcast that was continually brought up was how Scott Sloan slightly tweaked his defense during the season. And that seemed to kind of kickstart. Um, their winning streak, right? Are you um, able to make adjustments, Cody, throughout the season? Uh, I thought you just had to stick. I thought you had to like put a poster board and like lock it in. And you like, know, it's a shame that Sloan couldn't do that while he was here, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, it was it, it was obviously highlighting that there was changes made in the middle of the season to to their defensive philosophy and their defensive strategy. 
and obviously it, it worked out well for them. They won their last five games, um, and they're now in the championship game. And so with us, again, you know, losing the last four, obviously it's a quick slide. It's a, you know, it's November. You're kind of, you won six and two. You're going up against some teams that you probably feel like you could win. Uh, I don't know if the timing was there to make the changes that maybe App did, you know, because they had the maybe a buy or something there that maybe could have helped them readjust the way that they were uh, approaching the season or approaching games. Yeah. Um, but obviously, we did not do any sort of changing, at least um, enough, well enough to even get a victory in November. So we'll see how this prep goes in the bowl game. Um, hopefully we will see some sort of changes, um, at least on that aspect to where we can get a bowl victory and finish seven and six, but no, you, it's, it's, it's a great point that, that you can switch up some things if you need to, and to create maybe some, some better momentum or see where you're, uh, your weakest at and see if you can change it to where you're not weak there anymore. So yeah. fans want to see progression, not regression. Exactly. That, that's, that's what it is. And, and, you know, you, you saw that with app um, and you, you didn't see that with us. Um, you saw that with, you know, old dominion, um, you know, they, they fought and, and clawed uh, to, to get a bowl game. You saw that uh, with Marshall um, fought and clawed and, and to get a bowl game. But then with the two, uh, you know, gr- group of five and, and Sunbelt uh, Georgia teams and then us and Georgia state, we both stumbled in right uh both what oh and four in in november um and uh following that um following that uh you know our last win obviously was against was against them on thursday night and then the wheels fell off for both programs um so it's it's not how you start the season it's how you finish um and for for two straight seasons now we've finished really poorly and and that's that's what fans remember um, and, but if, when you really look and we'll get into some of these stats here, a lot provided by our friend, Captain Clack. Um, but when you really look at these wins and losses, um, as we do this, uh, season recap, you know, the, the losses are more frustrating than, uh, than the wins are satisfying because the wins came against not so good teams. Um, right. Just two, two teams with 500 or better records. Correct, I believe, Correct. Cody. That yep. we uh, that we want uh, that that we beat. Um, everybody else uh, had uh, really poor records. Right, you obviously had the Citadel. They didn't win a game. Our FCS opponent, UAB, and Trent Dilfer's first season um, had a disappointing showing. Um, Ball State. Uh, they came on late. Right, they got better um, in in the in MAC play late in the season, but started as one of the worst teams in FBS. Um, uh, ULM, of course, and that was a game we needed, uh, you know, all a little bit of luck, uh, all all sixty minutes, a lot of luck. The the pick six uh, to beat them. Um, of course, they played a lot of other teams close, couldn't get it done. Terry Bowden already um, dismissed first uh, first coaching change, not just dismissal, but first uh, coaching change um, in this coaching carousel uh, within the Sun Belt. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, so those, those were our wins. And then Georgia state, I mean, like Georgia state, probably Georgia state and coastal obviously are two most impressive, um, wins, but you kind of look at again, Georgia state, uh, didn't win. 
another game, right? After no, no, neither team that. won a a single game after that Thursday night game. Correct. Um, both and, teams went zero and four. Yep, and then uh, and then Coastal obviously when we played them were playing the best ball and 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 uh, started to to correct things after that. They were two. They were two and three, um, and then uh, they reeled off five straight wins after after losing so us. Did they finish seven and five or eight and four? They finished seven and five. Okay, because uh, they dropped their final two against okay. Army and Jays Madison. But yeah, they beat after after our thirty eight to twenty eight win. They beat App State um, right at, at home or uh, in Boone. In Boone. Um, in Boone. So they had the tiebreaker over them. Uh, they beat Arkansas State. They beat Marshall 34-6. to And they beat uh, Old Dominion 28-24. to And then Texas State um, 31-23. to So, yeah. So, again, you, you look at your conference brethren, and they're finding ways to get better throughout the season and make those adjustments and – install the playbook more and the quarterback situation, whatever it is, like improve. We saw the opposite. We saw us get worse week to week. And that's, what's really concerning. Yeah, no, I mean, I don't know if I would say worse, but yeah, I mean, there were certain things that we obviously were not getting better. <laughs> um, we definitely weren't getting better. You don't think we were yeah. getting worse? Like I mean, after after that I thought, Georgia I State game, we you don't played, think we were getting worse. No, no, we got worse, but I mean I think we played better against Marshall Dominion than we did against Texas State. I think we played obviously I think those two games were a lot better than Texas State or App State. Um sure. I I think that there's it wasn't that I think we progressively got worse. I just felt like we just never came together as a football team again to play a complete game. Um, either the offense was somewhat there, but the defense and special teams weren't, um, or the offense wasn't there and the special teams and defense was okay. I mean, it's to me, I don't know, Matt, it, it's, it, it was, it's just very frustrating. You had two games that were close that we felt like we should have won with Marshall and old dominion. Um, we just didn't. And if we win out. those games, we're probably not having this conversation right now. We still don't win the East. Yeah, we still don't win the um, East. You know, which, which still... again, that that is the goal. But I think if we're talking, if we're having this podcast and this conversation right now, we're an eight and four football team going into a bowl. Um, yeah. You know, still ending with a loss to lose them, uh, you know, embarrassingly so to, to App State. Um, sour taste in our mouth. But I think eight and four is a lot more palpable than. Yeah, and, and I think I think the, I think the frustrating part is that when we lose, we look terrible losing. I mean, it's turnovers. Yes. It is missed assignments. Even even when the score lines close, right? Yeah. Like Marshall was an ugly game. It was. Old Dominion was an ugly, ugly game, and that was at home. Um, you know, Texas State was just a route from the start, oh. and then App State, you know, start strong, and then you know played one good quarter of football. Um, and it, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's like, we've been saying all along, like not all losses are created equal. Not all wins are created equal. Yeah. They go down in the record book is the same. Um, no matter what that, that point differential is, but you know, when you're looking as, as fans and you're evaluating it of like, where do we go from here? The way we 
have closed out the season, not just with four straight losses, but how those losses looked is concerning and frustrating. Very, very, because you just beat yourselves. Yeah. Right? You beat yourselves with missed coverages. You beat yourself with missed assignments. You beat yourselves with turnovers. You beat yourself with special teams mistakes. I mean, this is we have a we have one person that is dedicated to the special teams, special teams coordinator, and for three weeks in a row now, we've had some sort of drastic failure on a special blunder. teams. Yeah, a huge special teams blunder in three straight weeks. So what is going on with Coach West? Because for the first twenty what twenty games, twenty one games, special teams hardly ever made a mistake. Now the last three games, I mean, you're talking kickoff return, talking about. Uh, like a block punt, you're talking about a fumble on a kickoff, and some of those the you know the the muffed muffed uh, kickoff returns and punts like that's not always obviously on on coaching right that could just be the player having um, you know a bad moment but certainly kickoff coverage like what we saw against Marshall when it's once um, in a blue moon you can say that but when it starts to become consistent week over week yeah I think you can look at Coach West yeah and you say, work what the on it going in, on. in practice or or you make a change of who's returning the football you yeah know? like if you got butterfingers and you can't get out of your own head put someone else in there so yeah, no, I, I agree. And it was something that, you know, under Lunsford, obviously he took on that. Um, he wore that hat along with head coach. Um, and, and we, we criticized that of like, you know, maybe you're, you're spreading yourself too thin and you can't, uh, you know, adequately focus on special teams. And we were really excited about coach West coming in, um, had great experience, had NFL experience with the Cowboys, had put up great numbers at the Citadel, a special teams coordinator led, the nation in a bunch of categories. Um, and, but, but yeah, they, uh, again, talk about a unit that started strong, but, um, hasn't finished well. Um, no, you know, hasn't and, finished and it's well made at a all. Huge, huge difference in these ball games. This ain't going to just be the Brian Ellis bashing podcast. We're going to go. go after all of them. There you go. <laughs> I don't care. Oh, firing squad, firing line. <laughs> I'm not um, saying firing them, but like, what? <laughs> no, what, no, fire. Honestly, firing, like, what yeah. the world happened? Like, no, I know. Like, have they just been relaxing, taking it easy? Like, this is it, it, it's it is the end of the season. This is where you got to grind the hardest. This is where you got to be the most. You got to fight. You got to be physical. You got to have that. And fire we and just are like, we, nope. We're, no, we're just out there. Yeah, we're looking forward to Christmas break. I mean, lackadaisical I mean, in the world. Yeah. Ate too much turkey. Like it. It was. It was just. I mean, we you know you, you know saw what? that fire Brian, for Brandon one Bailey quarter. Now, um, let's go after him. What we've done, been yeah. <laughs> why why can't Tackling. we stop the run in the second half? You look at Marshall yeah. with Rashid Ali. You look at Old Dominion, especially in that last couple of drives where we just leave guys wide open, and you know App State's going to run the outside zone, and we can't stop that to save our lives. Like, how are we not prepared to stop these rushing Some of attacks? those third and longs, too. Third and, long. third and longs. Yeah. Third and longs against App was terrible, right? We had, they converted, what, uh, like a third and 13, a third and, like, 16. They oh, had they, they they had one where they, they you know, get down and, and uh, you know, our fourth down conversion I don't think is very good this year. Our third down conversion was good for most of the season. Um, but... It seems like anytime we get in like fourth and short, we can't stop anybody. Um, or no, we jump off sides. This, this or we jump like off sides. Second yeah. or third time that we've done yeah. that this year. Absolutely frustrating, man. We are an undisciplined football team right now. We just are. 
And, you know, and we see it, we see it on offense too. We see it on, on, uh, offsides on offense. We saw several of those against app. We saw a ton of what in five, five or six against old dominion. Um, that was at home, right? You have no excuse to be jumping offsides. There's gotta be, Um, there's gotta be in the off season, some sort of plan in place to instill. And again, it doesn't have to be like no fun, no whatever, but discipline on both sides of the ball uh get the team better at at being mentally tough and and mentally focused to last through a season you know they have to understand at this point that what they've done in the past is not up to snuff to 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 win this conference right it's it's apparently good enough to get you through october but it's not good enough to get you through november so whatever it is that you do and you got to intensify it tenfold at least yeah. Yeah. Um. It. I just, as a fan, it's it's just very frustrating. It's very frustrating. Um, and there's, I don't know. I I. I has the defense been better than what it was last year? It certainly has been. I think it gets yeah. back to our our preseason podcast where we said that we cannot just rely on turnovers. Correct. It cannot be, it and, cannot, we, and we did for we did for the first if you look half at, of what the was season. It, the six wins we have to have yep. three turnovers where the yep. losses we didn't get that. Oh, that can't be a pillar in your in your defense. Yes, creating turnovers is great, but you've got to resign. They're add ons. It's icing on the yeah. cake. You can't give up five hundred yards every game, um, and Sorry. just hope. Uh, yeah, no, you can't give up 500 yards every game and just hope. Yeah, we're gonna get that lucky bounce, or we're gonna get that bad pass, or we're gonna get that tip ball. Um, and yeah, like what you saw against App of like they're gonna drive down 64 yards and in, in four plays, but then throw an interception. You're right. So like, yeah, you um, have to be you can't rely to on stopping that. the run and yes. getting the team off the field on third downs. And yeah, you know, yeah, turnovers are great. But if you're trying to, if you need three or more to to win a football game, that's going to be very hard to do because most games you're not going to get at least three turnovers. I mean, you're just not. That can be a great goal to have, but odds are it's not happening. Um, so you have Davis Brent in your class, your quarterback. <laughs> yeah, unless you're going against <laughs> Brent. Um, but I, again, did the defense approve from the previous season? It did. Is there still work to be done? Most definitely there is, and let's uh, let's make something clear. We're not calling really for anyone necessarily to be fired. No, Certainly this is not just calling us for venting. Clay Helton to be fired. This is just us venting. But yes, there's blame, especially on the coaching staff across the board. Special teams isn't um, uh, immune to it. Defense isn't immune to it. Offense certainly isn't immune to it. We talked about the huge regression on offense. Um, I went through the stats in the last episode. Um, again, those struggles continued against App State. We'll see what happens in the bowl game. Um, I think if anything happens, that's probably the side of the ball that I expect major changes to happen if major changes were to happen. We are expecting um, French to play that ball game, right? Like, like there should be no doubt that he should be the one I don't playing. Think he broke, he, I think he broke his hand. Oh, he broke? Oh. I think it's broken. Well, that's not good at all. 
Yeah, I think he broke his wrist. <laughs> um, if so that's I, the case, the, the last I heard the rumor mill, mill. Yeah, I haven't heard confirmation. They didn't do the coaches show and stuff. We're getting recorded this Monday night. Um, yeah, everybody's kind of taking a week off. They'll probably uh, reconvene after the bowl announcement, but um, not. Yeah, not sure his status. I know he he left the field. Obviously, he um, had uh, that that one drive after uh Brent's third interception, but yeah, unfortunately left the game with injury. It didn't look good. So I, uh, the, the rumors I heard was that he's out for the rest of the season. Um, but yeah, so more than likely we probably will still see Davis Brent for one more game as a starting quarterback, like it or not. Um, in the bowl game, we do have a third string quarterback, believe it or not. Um, and Colton Fitzgerald, um, he's a younger kid transfer from Boise state, um, maybe he gets some play in time, especially if Bryn has a similar performance as, as he did against App. but um, who knows? So um, that's, that's where that stands. But um, yeah, let's get into some of these stats, Cody. So yeah, uh, again, credit, credit captain Clack uh, for, um, for these, um, you know, he, uh, as, as you alluded to earlier, Cody, put out a tweet saying that he was biting his tongue, that he was even asked, uh, by, uh, AD Jared Banco to do so. Um, for those that aren't familiar with Captain Clack, he, uh, is a master of YouTube. He records all the games. He puts all uh, shortcuts up, um, and, and full game rewinds, um, dating all the way back to the FCS days and the glory days and in the eighties and nineties. Um, he's got all the FCS championships on there. Um, and he, uh, all the way, I, I think he even has like the summer's eras and, and games we want to forget, like a full archive of games. If you want to go back, um, whatever it is, you can probably find it on YouTube and captain Clark's responsible for that. He also is, uh, the founder of, uh, Gata DB, um, Gata database, right. Um, and, uh, which is by far the best, uh, comprehensive analytics, um, around and of insights, uh, for Georgia Southern football. Um, so again, dating all the way back to the, to the FCS days and you can see, how coaches compare in different categories. You can see all kinds of um, nuanced stats that you would never find on like ESPN or any of those other like um, major uh, sports uh, networks and, and websites. So um, with that, we, we don't have to go through every single one of these. We certainly don't have to do it in order. Um, I am going to start with the first one that he did because he kind of did like a T-ball like layup. Um, and it was, it was the four games, uh, four game losing streak that we mentioned. Um, so Helton joins, uh, Elwood, um, back in the, the FCS days of probably one of the worst hires after the, um, uh, the Eric Russell, uh, days, really... right yeah, he wasn't really a hire per se. He was just a stand-in. He was interim at that time. He was a stand-in yeah. to, until Johnson was Johnson, available. So so that bridge, uh, yeah, between Ark and Johnson didn't go well, um, but uh, he had a four-game losing streak. Summers, of course, had a four-game losing streak. Van Gorder um, had a four-game losing streak, and Kevin Whitley interim for Chad Lunsford, um, still uh, on the staff and assistant head coach. Um yeah, I had a four game losing streak, uh, that year. So, um, yeah. So Helta joins that obviously not great company, uh, there, oh, um, not at all. And, uh, um, but yeah, so, so started with that and then, um, he put up a comparison, right? We, uh, I tweeted out from the, um, got to talk, uh, Twitter account, 
um, a couple weeks ago or whatever it was. I forget the account that posted it, but it was comparing Clay Helton's uh, record through, I think at that point it was like 23, 24 games um, to Lincoln Riley's uh, right head coach at USC um, and through 24, 25 games. Um, and it was like identical. It was like identical what, you know, so like, uh, um, we retweeted that out. Obviously there was a lot of talk before the season from like the USC side of like, Oh, we're so glad he's gone. Blah, blah, blah. blah. Um, but it was just really interesting to see, right. You have uh, Heisman trophy winning quarterback and Caleb Williams. You bring over a bunch of people from uh, Oklahoma. You're supposed to be offensive mastermind. You're right there with, with, with Elton. Um, but uh Captain Clack uh, compared uh, Helton's first 25 games to uh, to some other coaches that aren't always held in super high regard, including Chris Hatcher um, and Chad Lunsford, um, right? His predecessor. Um, so through 25 games, Chad Lunsford was 17 and eight, um, a 680 win percentage. Chris Hatcher was 15 and 10, um, cleaning up for the um, for the Van Gorder years, a 600 record. Um, and uh, Clay Holton through 25 games, uh, 12 and 13. So a losing record um, at 480. So, um, yeah, thoughts on that, Cody. I mean, obviously, you can get to there's 13 some, and 13 with a bowl game. context in yep. that. Um, not obviously the 0 and 4, the four game losing streak, but in the comparison of the coaches. So, if you want to take Chris Hatcher, you can say that Chris Hatcher had the um, Walter Payton Award winning Jason Foster for his first season that obviously contributed to a lot of that success um, for that record. You can also look at Chad Lunsford's first, what, 23 or 24 games and compare the two schedules between him and Clay Helton and tell oh, me yeah. there's really that a comparison. Oh, yeah, that 2018 schedule, the 10-win season, 10 yeah. losses to 10 wins, cupcake. So, yeah. I mean, cupcake so, in comparison to what we had this Again, year. it's eye-opening, to say the least. Yeah. But uh, I would say Clay Helton's first two seasons have been a lot more difficult in terms of opponents than what... Uh, Chad Lunsford faced um, in his first two seasons so far. Uh, the Sun Belt obviously is getting better and stronger over every season. Um, that's clear to see as well. Uh, there's not really, a, honestly, outside of ULM, and again, ULM wasn't really a cupcake team this year. Ask us, ask App, App ask a couple more teams that they gave us scare to. There's not really a cupcake team that there used to be when Lunsford was playing, right? You would, yeah. Uh, so, um, there's some context there, but yeah, I mean, the numbers are the numbers in that sense, and that uh, he does not have a good as record. Um, the optics the aren't time, good on on paper, yeah, but yeah, you, paper, that 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 one is definitely debatable with yeah. with some of the what you, you can, inherit, you can, what you bring you can, to the table, what exactly. you have to face. Yeah, hundred percent. So, speaking of Lunsford, speaking of context, this is another one that is interesting. I don't know about debatable, but it's, it's, it's interesting. And that's the one in seven record in November. So the only other coach to lose more than five games in the month of November was Chad Lonsford, um, who in eight and eight over four seasons, we of course started this podcast, um, right before, uh, his first season, um, in 2018. So we were doing this, you know, throughout his entire tenure, um, and through those first three full seasons, um, you know, we had talked about road struggles and we had talked about closing seasons out, right. Yep. That they struggled, 
um, in November. But again, uh, he finished uh, eight and eight over four seasons um, in in November, where uh, Helton's at at one and seven. So I guess Cody, the question there is, you know, these were back to back regimes. Um, is there some kind of carryover there? Is it a depth issue? Um, that like injuries are getting there that you just don't have like the extra bodies when, when it gets into the, the dog days of fall, um, right in, in November. And is that like a carryover from that, from that mindset of, of Lunsford or where, where, where does, where does, or is it a completely kind of separate thing? I don't, I don't know. I don't have the answer for it. I would say that there probably could be some injuries. I would say probably last year with Helton, you can obviously look at depth in certain positions that obviously contributed to sort of our um, running out of steam um, at the end of that season uh, with Lunsford. You could, um, I don't know if you could really say that so much during his time um, with us, but uh, with Helton, um, I, it, to me, it's about mindset. And to me, it's about having the mental fortitude to grind out the season. And, d- and does that and carry great. over, I guess, right? Because there are the, the, not so much this year, a few. Yeah, I will right? say I will say that it carries over to a certain extent because they all seem to have the same starting point of when this down point happened, which was that big rivalry game with for Lunsford. It was usually at the end of October. Now with Helton, it seems to be Georgia with State. Georgia State at the end of October. And you just sort of hit this. I don't know if it's just the built up of the moment, the emotion and everything just, you know, it's finally done. It's happening. So it just kind of, you feel like you can breathe a sigh of, of, of relief. Um, and then you kind of lose your steam. You usually lose your gas or you lose your, your will or whatever the case may be. Um, I don't know. I just think that there's, there's something missing in terms of either, prep in the off season between the the two the two coaching staffs uh or the or the just the the leadership and that each staff just didn't know at least now at the time didn't know how to coach a team to be successful through all 12 games of the season yeah yeah so and with that, I would I would feel like I would, that Hilton should be a little bit more adapt to that, right? Considering where he's been and and who he's been associated with in his coaching tree. True. Um, but again, there was a lot of issues that Hilton has had to solve. One being overhauling the offense. One being trying to bring in players that are more adapt to the style of offense. And also, I mean, there was also a change in, in defensive style too, in defensive scheme. So I feel like play Helton has had to, the coach Helton has had to do a lot more. Whereas with Lunsford, it was honestly, he still had a lot of Fritz guys that were still on the team. Um, considering that Summers' tenure was so short. And he was able to, and it wasn't really a, an overhaul of the offensive or really defensive schemes. Well, I guess the defense went from a four-three to a three-four, but still, it, it wasn't, um, it wasn't as really as big of a difference as the offensive scheme or offensive change that that Helton's having to make. Right. Yeah. 
Yeah, so the the zero and four November for Helton. Um, it's the first four game winless month in Georgia Southern history. Um, that was another stat um, that we can't which was interesting. that we can't BS around. <laughs> yeah, I mean that is what it is, right? Brian Van Gorder, Elwood, Summers all had three game winless months. Uh, so um, yeah, obviously the calendar not working in Helton's favor with that stat of when you play your games, um, have no control over that, but, but yeah, having a, uh, and four winless month, um, not a good look. And he, he stands in his own, um, own company. Uh, no, it's not. And we, and that, like so. I said, we, we, we talked about this. We, we knew that if this would happen, that this would be a, a, a hard thing to swallow and a hard thing to get, to get over. Um, I don't know. I mean, there's there's no answer for that, Matt. There's absolutely no answer for that, um, except that when he comes for for next year's team, that if he can pull off a four and zero November, <laughs> I think a lot of stuff will be forgiven at that point. True. Yeah. Um, yeah. Time will tell there. So um, we obviously talked about the App State game and how bad that was, um, and just the optics of that uh, losing the way we did, fifty five to twenty seven. Um, you know, we of course had other, uh, big losses this year, Texas state, not good. Gave up 45 against them, 41 against James Madison. They certainly could have scored more, but did not need to. Um, and then yeah, the 55 against app state. So, uh, the, the stat there is, you know, just comparing that to some of our other 55 plus point, uh, losses, uh, Miami in 94, 56, nothing Florida in 96, 62, 14, uh, UMass, uh, in 1998, that was a national championship game, 55 to 43. That was a shootout. Um, UMass again in 2017, uh, not a national championship game, um, against a really bad UMass team, but we were even worse, uh, coached by Tyson Summers. Um, and he was fired, uh, following that 55 to 20, um, game. Um, and and then I believe that was at home too. Uh, and uh, tw- 2019 LSU, I was there for that. Uh, juggernaut of offense, probably best offensive uh, showing um, in a season ever um, by the LSU Tigers team led by Joe Burrow. Um, they, of course, go on to win the national championship. They win it 55 to 3. And then App State um, uh, in, in, in this one that we just had 55 to 27. So, um, yeah, weird. Com- I mean, the UMass, obviously, the outlier there. Every All the other ones were were power five teams other than this app stays. So I think Clack's point that he's just trying to make there is like Georgia Southern shouldn't be letting teams score 55 plus on them. Like they, they just shouldn't. No. And that's, that's, I mean, that's unacceptable. And I think regardless of, I think even the coaching staff would tell you that's unacceptable, um, including the defensive coordinator. Uh, Again, um, we do have, I think, one of the youngest defensive coordinators um, in all of college football. And while he's done a decent job this year, I think he would be the first one to tell you that there is a lot of stuff that still needs to be worked on with this defense and a lot of stuff that needs to be overhauled. Well, I won't say overhauled, but a lot of stuff that needs to be corrected and, and done better. Um, so, yeah, I mean, giving up 50-plus points is not acceptable, regardless of who the coach is and regardless of who the opponent is. Road win percentage, the only uh, coach or yeah, only coach with the worst road win percentage is Tyson Summers in his short tenure, um, two and nine on the road. Clay Helton's three and ten. So, um, 
Yeah, Brian Van Gorder was one in three on the road um, for a 250 <laughs> win percentage, but I think that's a little miss. Same with Kevin Whitley, um, his interim season, Frank Elwood in his interim season. Uh, Chad Lunsford was 10 and 16 on the road. I think that's the most fair comparison, right? Compare Helton right now to um, yeah. to Lunsford, especially those two first years. Yes, they're not. It's going to be apples to oranges in some cases, like strength and schedule and things that we addressed. Um, but I think that's the most logical comparing them to Elwood and and things like that. And Tim Stowers just isn't fair. Um, yeah, frankly, it's no. just a completely different uh, scenario. But yeah, I mean Tyson saying that he has. And that he's right there, um, which is one game better on the road uh, than than Tyson Summers is is pretty bad, and and this is this is total road win percentage, not um, conference. Uh, so I don't know how that I don't know those two wins with Tyson Summers. I I've blocked those from my memory that uh, those seasons. I, I don't one know. One of if them those... was South Alabama in the, so one of the was, first three there games. You go. Okay. Um. So that's one conference win because we only have one road conference win under Clay one conference win. You know what? I'm not gonna do this by Old memory. Dominion, Old Dominion last year was the only I'm conference win for Clay Helton. By memory, I'm gonna go. But I'm gonna cheat. Nebraska, of course, and um. Uh, it's gotta be a thing. Ball State. New Mexico State. That sounds right. I think New Mexico State was still in the conference back then. So. They were. So he has a better – so Tyson Summers has a better Sunbelt Conference road record and win percentage than Clay Helton. So, Digest that for a minute. Yeah. So there you go. Um, I would say – can digest it, but I would argue that if you're going to look at trajectory of programs, uh, sure. I think Clay Helton has a better trajectory of our program than Tyson Summers ever did. Yes, he did. He, so, he does. But it's again, still super concerning. I mean, like... It is concerning. What, and, and again, what, what's the underlying cause there? Well, why can we not win on the road? Yes, they're tougher schedules. Yes, overall, where the trajectory is there. Like, I, I get it. But, like, you've only managed to win three games, and two of which were non-conference opponents. Third of which you almost blew against Old Dominion last year. <laughs> yeah. Right? So... I mean, you know, no, no, it's fair points. Again, it comes down to mental toughness. I think it also comes down to a little bit of um, how they prep through the week. And probably, you know, to me, there seems to be, and I don't know why this is, but the way that we coach on the road also seems to be different than how we coach on at home. I feel like we're more aggressive at home at times than we are on the road. Um, and I feel that on the road, we play it a little bit more conservative, which hurts us on offense. Nope, I agree. Um, yeah, we talked about Georgia State also being 0-4, um, outscored. Georgia State was outscored 150, uh, 165 to 66 since we beat them in late October. Uh, we uh, were outscored 158 to 101 um, since beating Georgia State on that Thursday night. Um, let's see if there's any other. Full-time coaches that finished below 500 in conference play, uh, 23 Helton, 3 and 5, 22 Helton, 3 and 5, 2006 Brian Van Gorder, 2 and 5, and Elwood at 2 and 6. Um, 
So where Clack again shines is those like nuanced stats that like you're not going to find anywhere else. Um, this one's interesting. The uh, yards per play differential. So, um, you know, this one is is net yards per play. Um, you know, Clack is saying that it's, it's one of the best indicators of winning. You certainly can see that in, in this chart that I'm looking at just with the names that are attached to this. So I think it's a very fair correlation. Um, but, you know, at the top of the list, you have Paul Johnson, Mike Seawalk, Willie Fritz, Del McGee. Again, Del McGee's an outlier. That was one game. Mark Russell, of course, um, followed by Jeff Munkin. Then it starts to get worse. Uh, Frank Elwood, Tim Stowers, Brian Vick Gorder, Chad Lunsford, uh, Chris Hatcher. And then Clay Helton. Clay Helton's 12, just above Kevin Whitley, who, of course, just coached eight games, and Tyson Summers, who coached 18. Um, so his yards per play uh, delta was negative uh, 0.373 um, compared to, like, a Paul Johnson where it was a 2.034. Um, and then, you know, this this counts uh, yards per play allowed, uh, 6.0. Three two um, for Clay Helton's defenses um, and yards per play gained on offense five point nine five. So you compare that to like a Paul Johnson, it's six point seven seven on offense, four point seven three um, for for yards um, allowed. So huge huge difference there um, between the two. If you want to look at a, a fair comparison in the FBS era to Willie Fritz, six point eight five. Yards per play gain, even better than Paul Johnson, um, and uh, 5.47 uh, yards allowed. So, right, uh, yeah, still still one yard um, less than, than Clay Hilton. So, that one's interesting. It definitely makes more sense when you're kind of staring at the chart, but it's basically just is how, how efficient is your, your offensive defense when you really break it down. Gosh. Nothing on that? No, no, sorry. I was making sure I wasn't on mute. I've been oh. coughing my head off, so I've been on I'm mute. like, I'm talking numbers, Cody. You're a math I guy. Know, you should... no, sorry. Um, no, I, no, look, if you wanted to break down the the yards per play graph that he has, right, obviously when you look at the difference between the yards per play allowed and the yard per play gain, it, it's terrible. I mean, it is. It's It's pretty bad. Um, you can't you can't sugarcoat it. It's it's slightly above. Um, well, I wouldn't say slightly above. It's it's at least it's a good bit above Tyson Summers, um, but it's slightly below Chris Hatcher, right? And you don't want to be in any sort of statistical category as to where you're between Chris Hatcher and your <laughs> and Tyson Summers. That's Correct. not that's not good. Not um, company you want. But look, if you want to look at the positives in this, if you look at the Yards per play gained, which is the offense, you're at 5.95, which is nearly six yards per play gained. So at least the offense seems to be somewhat successful. The issue with this is that the defense, which is is at 6.32 yards per play allowed, that is really bad when it comes to statistics of um, of, of football analytics. Um, a lot of that has to do with how our defense was last year, how bad our defense was. I don't have the the actual database or his graphs in front of me to break it down between this year and last year. I would hope that the difference is at least uh, better in terms of that the yard per play allowed this year is, yards per play is allowed less, probably yeah is less than what it was 
last year. So, um, again, there are some certain, you know, obviously there's going to be negatives where you want to find the negatives, but there can be some positives where you want to find them as well. Um, But as we've mentioned before, if you're telling me that we're going from a option-based offense to an air raid offense and we're close to averaging six yards per play, I would count that as a win. Very much so. Now, does he have a lot to do to correct the defense? Absolutely. There's no sugarcoating that. Um, Even with the success that we've seen in the improvement of defense, at least from the eye test this year, there's still a lot to be made there. Um, I will say this, that uh, there's something that I want to kind of just talk with our fans about. If you look at, let's just look at our season last year, right, Matt? Yeah. We want to look at some of our victories that we had. You look at the Nebraska victory, which was a one-score victory. We look at our James Madison, which was a one-possession victory. Old Dominion was a one-possession victory. App State, App State yeah. was a one-possession victory. Right, So there's four games right there. You look at one-possession victory. Uh, either one of all of those four games, if something... Uh, if Old Dominion executes better in the red zone, they win that game. If App State doesn't miss a chip shot field goal, they win that yep. game. Yep. If Nebraska, um, they had a chance to tie it at the end of the game, but they missed a field goal there. Yep. You look at James Madison, if they um, execute better on defense, I mean, if we don't have some heroic plays made down the stretch, we probably lose that game. Remember, James Madison started out that game, I think, winning 14-3, 14 something like that. Yep, and they did. looked like they were about to go up at least three scores until we got the interception. Um, so all that to say that our schedule here and how we view ourselves in 2022, we were more and less closer to a three-win team than we were a six-win team. Not trying to, to downplay or, or to say that we had a better record than what we showed, but in actuality, we did. Um, we We kind of got lucky in a few games and and we were the to me the record was better than what we put the product on the field does that make sense yeah no Um, it does and so let's go to this year we're still six and six this is where i feel like six and six this year is different than the six and six last year correct and if you look at our victories here not one of our victories is a one possession victory we beat ulm by 10 points we beat georgia state by 17 we beat coastal by 10 ball state by 37 you know was misleading with the with the late pick six but but yeah no i i agree but we I were, agree. We were like, dominating that game for the most we, part we were we were we okay. were and, and and clay helton made a point of that before the season like we had so many one score games either go our way or yeah. didn't last year in year one and year two we wanted to start seeing um that differential right yeah. we, we wanted to see so that start this year out. we only have two one-possession games this year, and that was Marshall and Old Dominion. And yep. both those games went did not go our way. The other four losses were terrible losses. App State was terrible. Texas State was terrible. Wisconsin was a terrible loss. And James Madison was a terrible loss. Yep. So while we still have games in which we look terrible in, um, at least it, to me in my mind, we still – it shows to me that the six wins we have this year are legit six wins. Like, like we, it wasn't a fluke. We didn't need some late game heroics. We didn't sure. need some sort of, you know, help from the other team. We won those football games. We won them 
outright we beat the opponent um and we had two games at the end of the season in November that did not go our way we the ball did not fall we did not you know you take away the kickoff return against Marshall we win if you take away the muff punt and the turnover we beat Old Dominion so again I think there's you can you can see improvement it's hard you can see improvement where you want to see it at but I think we have to at times let the kind of get the emotion out of the way so that we can maybe hopefully logically think about okay where's the team at and where are we going and how sure. are we and how are we going yeah but then you also got to look at like we we broke down earlier yeah. of who we beat exactly right not just yep. how we beat them but who we beat and how they finished the season you're right and and you know and you look at um just but again, had it in front of me um you know ball state wasn't that great last year old dominion wasn't that great last year app didn't go to a ball game um the one good win that we had last year was against james madison correct so yeah, again, 60 68 and 75 was our 2023 opponent um yeah. combined uh record um and yeah, that's the seventh lowest opponent uh, opponent win percentage in GS history. It is, it is. Um, yeah, no, I mean, yeah, pretty bad. Yeah. Two, 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 <laughs> two, two, fi- two final stats that that are more like offensive uh, focused that kind of go against like your point. And, you know, and, and Clack admittedly, so like he, he definitely is a proponent of, if not the triple option, run-based offenses really liked Fritz. Um, so, you know, was not sold on the air raid from the start. So so these definitely yeah. try to like prove that narrative. Um, but big plays, right? We, we talked about um, big plays uh, being a huge factor last year, right? We we'd, uh, compared Davis Brent to Calvin Tree several times. You had those big plays against Wisconsin or big plays against Nebraska, big plays against uh, State to close it out in overtime, yeah. big plays against, um, you know, the pass to Burgess and uh, to uh, to be Jay's uh, Madison. Um, this year, in 2023, uh, we only saw 19 plays all season um, that gained 30-plus yards. Um, what was it so, last year? Uh, last he doesn't have that on here, and I wish he did. Um, I'd have to go look it up. He compared it again, trying to compare it to uh, the Fritz years. Um, in twenty fourteen, we had forty. Right, of course, a lot of that was uh, Matt Breida. Yeah. Right, and and just long breakout, he gone runs. Right, well, and I think you um, can. I think you can look at the the lack of big plays here is the lack of is is honestly is based on quarterback play. Right, like so. When you don't get good quarterback play, then your defense, the defenses can can kind of shorten what they feel like they have to cover. If if they don't feel like there's an over the top threat, which there wasn't this year, um, compared to what you had with Van Trees, then yeah, I'm not surprised that the big play uh, number dropped down or was as low as it was in 19. Uh, if you have a better quarterback. Um, that or that a quarterback that can run the offense more efficiently and better, I think you see that number go up. Um, but again, the coaching staff also needs to understand that and and start to tweak the offense to to the quarterback strengths 
and not force him to do something that he's not capable of doing. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with that. Um, and then, yeah, so then the final one is 33.8% of all plays went for no gain or lost yardage. Um, this, again, is speaking more to throwing them all a lot more than you're running it, right? If you're running the ball, you have a higher probability of, right, what's that quote of like three three things can go or three things can happen when you throw a pass, two of them are bad, right? <laughs> Incompletion and a, and a turnover when you run the ball. Um, you, can, you can fumble, of course. You can get stopped for a loss, um, or you can get positive yards. Uh, more likely than not, you're getting positive yards. But, of course, if you're throwing the ball 50 times a game, like we have been, um, you're going to have a lot of incompletions. So uh, 33.8% of all plays um, had no gain. Um, or lost yardage uh, this year, and that's the fourth worst rate um, in Georgia Southern history since at least 1997. Yeah, um, and I, I think you can contribute that to a lot of the incompletions that we saw. Yeah. Um, and I would look yeah, as that is that is not good. I'm not I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That's that's not what you want to see. Obviously, you want uh, that percentage to be weighed, you know, a lot smaller, but are, or do we really want to compare the offenses that we had under Lunsford and say that those were more efficient offenses and that they were high scoring and more explosive? Um, or or can we at least admit that the, the offense that we've had the last two seasons has been a better offense than what we've had and at least a more at least the, the best um, and most effective offenses that we've had since the Fritz era? Not as effective and not as explosive as what we had under Willie Fritz, no. but it's been the best offense and, and most effective offense that we've had since. For sure. I mean, okay. you look at points okay. per game, you look at total yards per game, you look at okay. um, just ability to score, right? I mean, this year has definitely been like, and even I test, like I don't have the stats in front of me. To, well, I went through them last week, right, comparing the regression of the offense. But certainly like I test, like, and, and a lot of that is quarterback play and um, and turnover prone and things like that. Yeah. But like when you get down, you get down 10 points, you throw your third pick to app, like you feel like you lost it. You didn't maybe feel that way with, with Calvin Trees as your quarterback last year, but you didn't trust your defense as much, uh, right? Of course, defense didn't close out the season this year, like we said, um, as, as, as well as you'd hope. Um, but, you know, a lot of that was they were on the field a lot and they were gassed because the offense continually made mistakes or just um, weren't productive and, and weren't moving the ball and getting first downs. Um, so, you know, the – yeah, I, I, I agree with you. Certainly not as explosive or efficient um, as the 2014-15 the years under Fritz. Um, but I think since, yeah, I mean, it's we're, we at least can score on people. <laughs> we can at yeah. least consistently put points on people, even if it's not pretty at times. Even if we have a ton of incompletions mixed in, we can still put points up um and yes the last four weeks have been frustrating um especially that texas state game and and this uh this app state game um and 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 well yeah old dominion was offensive struggle and, and marshall didn't look good at times either um but through the first half of the season certainly um yeah we were scoring um it might not have looked pretty at times but but we were scoring and that was something that we really struggled with under Hatcher and that, um, 
that modified Fritz, you know, pistol yeah. run run offense. So Yeah, I think I think you can contribute a lot of our offensive woes to quarterback play and I think you can contribute it um the rest of it to maybe some some bad play calling or some um untimely play calling in, in, in bad situations. Um or not in, you know calling plays that did not execute when you need them to execute, you know? Yeah. Um, and so we, I think a lot of that has to do with some of our, our red zone inefficiencies and our red zone play calling. That was what frustrated most fans. Um, I, if Ellis is obviously retained as the offensive coordinator, which I think he probably will be, I don't see him leaving. I think there needs to be some sort of revamp or, or at least a, uh, overhaul look at how we address when the ball gets inside the 20, how we get the ball in the end zone. Um, because it's very frustrating to, you know, have a big play, you know, that lands inside the five yard line and how you felt the other week against old dominion. You were frustrated because you were like, yeah. we're not going to score here. This is, this is, right. we're going to, we're going to find some way to squander this opportunity. Right. Um, that doesn't need to be the case. When we get inside the 10, 5, we need to feel confident that we're going to get the ball inside the end zone, regardless of who the opponent is. So, Sure. Um, I, I mean, I think... Yeah, that that's it for the stats. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I don't know, Cody. I mean, we're, like, again, we'll talk about bowl game once that gets uh, selected. No need to do any speculation there. No. Um. As far as, you know, where do we go from here? We obviously can talk, you know, our, our true, you know, season recap and put a bow on it. We'll be after that, after that bowl game. Um, but, you know, regardless of who we play in the bowl, um, what bowl it is and what that result is, um, you know, point stands with, you know, where we're six and six in the regular season for the second straight year. Um, going into year three of Helton, in your opinion, what needs to happen next year to to right this ship and quiet the fan base and um yeah. Um well start off great like you did this year. I, f- I feel like we started off as well as what we could, right? Three and one and out of conference. Um we started off our conference schedule pretty well just with the loss of JMU. Um <clears throat> You know, it's going to be about, I think what the fan base is going to really consider is who do we play in November and how do we finish? Um, are we going to, we get App at home, um, we get uh, JMU at home, we get Marshall at home next year. So yep. there'll be at least three of our home games. I'm trying to think of who else is going to be the fourth. I can't remember off the top of my head now who will be the fourth home game. But those three for sure will be. Um, probably one of the West opponents will probably be our home game, but that'll be, um, our three at home. And then I forget who are at a conference at a conference. I got it right here. Boise state. We open on August 31st. Um, okay. So So they're going to have a new coach. They'll have a new coach They're They've been struggling. They're looking for answers. Um, we travel to Nevada on September 7th. 
um, to play uh, the Nevada Wolf Pack um, in Reno. They um, are season. they were they had a terrible, terrible season. season. They were the replacement game uh, for BYU, right? I believe we were supposed to play BYU. Oh yeah, they canceled Nevada. that game, right? Yeah, so so that's uh, I'm gonna try to go to that one um, oh. uh, and make a trip to Lake Tahoe. Um, not. not <laughs> Not super far from Reno and not crazy far from where I live in Colorado. So I'm going to try to travel to that one and uh, uh, live out my Reno 911. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Fantasies, yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, uh, South Carolina State. Play South Carolina State September 14th. That's obviously at home in Paulson Stadium. That's FCS Power School. 5. Um, Power 5 is Ole Miss. Ole Miss is September 21st. Um, so... Uh, yeah. So I, uh, you know, that one's tough, but you know, who knows? I, I think, I think that game, you know, if, if things are going well, um, we play, uh, yeah. So it looks like we have all four, just like we had this year, right? Uh, we, we clear out our, out of conference schedule in the first four weeks, um, of the season. So, um, we'll have three games, uh, to, to prep for Ole Miss, um, and uh, yeah, anything can happen. But I, right, I so certainly, let's just say, let's just say I think a three and one. Two. I think three and one is possible. I, 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 I think if we have the season we want to have next year, we need to be three and one and out of conference. Okay, All right, with yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah Boise yeah. will be tough, but Boise's at Paulson. If you're losing to Boise, oh, I thought Boise was at Boise. Nope, St. Paulson next year. Okay, so all right, yeah. so so they come here. All right, well, that yeah. All right, is that the first game of the season? It's the first game of the season. Um, yeah. So, uh, Boise state, August 30, August 31st. Um, so August 31st playing Boise state followed by Nevada on September 7th, followed by South Carolina state, um, at Paulson on September 14th, and then uh, close out out of conference, September 21st, Old Miss. So no break in there. Um, and you go home away, home away. Um, but obviously that trip okay. out to Nevada is pretty far, but yeah, I, I think you've got a good shot to be three and zero going into that Ole Miss game and roll the dice and see what happens. All right. So let's just say acceptable. Cause you don't know what, how Boise state it's going to be, but let's two, just and two, two, two and two as three. a low, um, and then four and zero as a high. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, again, I think it's going to come down to, being contention for the conference championship is this going to be are we going to are we going to field a team that can seriously contend and and come out of the east as the east um champions i think that's what the fans are going to want to see uh um and if we have another year like this where it looks like we're you know two or three games up in the East, and then we just completely fall apart at the end. I don't know if there's really saving anybody at that point. I now. agree. That's where the judgment really is going to lie. So, so I, I mean, we could I we could even November. be four. We could be four and zero oh to to close out out of conference play with a win against Ole Miss mixed in there, um, and have the same zero oh and four, one and three November, and fizzle out at the end of the year and miss out on an East Division title. Yeah. and you're still going to have pitchforks and and torches. Like yeah, you, especially you, yeah. when next year you you have the the playoff, um, a legit Correct. shot at the playoff if you if you can roll off a special season. So no, Which I that sets us up really well. Like I think that out of conference schedule says it's obtainable, right? It it's does. Obtainable. It does. Um, it, it, it at least 
Um, even if you lose to Ole Miss, the win over Boise, the win over Nevada, it shows, all right, we beat two, you know, Mountain West contenders. You know, if we can run the table in the Sun Belt, then, then, you know, all you got to really do is watch out for who's coming out of the American. You know, is the American going to eat each other alive or are they going to, um, you know, fall apart? So, uh, and what, SMU's going to the ACC next year, um, right? Correct. Uh, yes, I believe so, so next year. Yep. So SMU won't be there. Uh, Tulane will still be there, but you don't. But they're losing their quarterback. They'll have a lot. I think they'll have to replace quite a bit on that side of the ball. Their offensive side of the ball. Um, and then JMU will be eligible, Cody. I don't know if JMU you've heard that. will be eligible. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so we'll I don't see. know. They, they've been their fan base has been really quiet about it. Side of, yeah. Um, but yeah, they, <laughs> they are they are going to be eligible. Um, next year is what I'm told. Um, <laughs> this is what you're so, told. Yeah. Uh, no. Yeah, I think if you're looking at some belt opponents, obviously JMU's going to be right up there. I'm in contention. They're going to want to come out and and obviously try to actually legit win it. Uh, out of the with West, or without their coach. But, yeah, with or without the coach. Um, yeah. the Wests will be wild as it was this year. You'll see. I don't know what will happen with the coaching changes, but. Troy and South Alabama and Texas State, I think all will have a legit shot of winning the West next year. Yeah, I mean, coaching um, changes real quick. Like, I mean, who out of everyone who's – do you think there's any more dismissals? You, you had Terry dismissals, Bowden. You no, I thought they yeah. – they, Will Hall, I thought, could have been it, but they already came out and said that he's going to stay. They came out and, and yeah. So I voted confidence. Uh, Huff, Huff at yeah. Marshall, same thing. They, they voted confidence, but they did have major – Staff overhaul, especially on the offensive yeah, side. Yeah, so of the I ball. don't see I don't see any more dismissals now. What I do see is I would not be surprised if one or two coaches get poached in this. I think Summerall and Signati are both like the. They'll be on a lot of short yeah. 